Welcome back, Cycle Breakers. Woohoo! I'm so, I know. Woohoo! I'm so glad that you are here. Why? Because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission on this planet to help break for good, forever, generational cycles of toxicity and dysfunction and relationship trauma so that the world can heal one person at a time. And who is that one person that I'm here with today? It's you. Congratulations on making your way over here to start to say, you know what? I think that I might have some responsibility in my dysfunctional ass relationships. <laughs> I think that I might be like the common denominator in all these relationships that keep causing me confusion. I don't know from one minute to the next if they're with me or not with me. Should I stay? Should I go? Resentment. I feel like it's a one-sided relationship. You know, pain. I'm sad. And so we get to this point in our lives where we can look at another person and say, man, you're doing this to me. You're putting me through hell. This relationship sucks because of you. And by God, that might actually be true. You might be looking at this half-baked cuckoo for Cocoa Puff person and going, if they just get their head on straight, the world would be a better place already and I would be happier and so would they. So it's really their shit, Heidi. But guess what? <laughs> you're in the shit. And there's a reason that you've been attracted to or tolerating or settling for the bullshit relationships that you've been in. There's a reason. Now that's empowering. I'm not doing this to like place blame and be like, you're doing this. You're creating everything. I'm not approaching it from that angle. But what I'm saying is your personal power lies in how much responsibility, personal responsibility you can take. Your personal power lies in how much personal responsibility you can take for the relationships that you're in. Now here's the rub. Many of us are in default mode. We are running into these relationships with old programming that was love programming that was instilled from a crappy hard drive, a crap program. It was like we were birthed into the world. We're very excited. We come out. We're like, yay, we get to figure out how to do life. This is going to be so awesome. And then we look around and we're like, this isn't as awesome. This is hard. This is difficult. And people are teaching you and telling you how, you're, how valuable you are, how much love you're allowed to have, the way that you make people love you, how to get love, all et cetera, et cetera. And we run into our adult relationships with these old ideas that just don't freaking work anymore. But they were survival skills once upon a time, especially if you're like many of the people that I help that were born into dysfunctional family dynamics. Now you might say, well, who the hell wasn't born into dysfunction? Well, a lot of people are actually pretty healthy and have, I know that's hard to believe because people like us that grew up in so much shit are like, really? Is that like leave it to beaver? Come on, right? You know, something funny was going on in that household. Yeah, the Brady Bunch. Yeah, the siblings were hooking up. You know, we, we have this warped idea that the whole world is dark and we don't trust it when it's good. And that's part of the problem is that we end up attracting people to prove our original concept right that you can't trust people people do hurt you people do leave you and so on and so on and i don't want to be a fire hose at you i know i have a tendency to do that so today we're just gonna dumb it down into one concept today and when you're born into this family dynamic there are eight different pattern installments that we could have. I call them attachment personality patterns. And you can download that book for free on my website at HeidiRain.com. And it'll walk you through the eight different personality patterns that we take on in order to thrive, survive, connect, or cope in that family of origin. Where we look around and we go, man, who do I need to be? And I always like, 
birth story. I know it's so gross. But it's like you come out into the world, and you're like, hey, you look around, and you're like, who do I need to be in order to either be okay or to get the love or to get the help or to get out of pain or whatever? Who do I need to be in order to be okay inside of this dynamic? And now maybe you were born into a functioning family that was wonderful and great, but then later on in life, you found yourself blindsided by an abusive or addictive relationship. And you're in that relationship surveying the land going, who the hell do I need to be in order to survive this dynamic that I'm in? And so we take on this personality that isn't us. And how do you know that you've lost yourself inside of this relationship is because you have feelings that don't align with your true desire. You desire to be happy. You desire to be supported. You desire to be cherished. You desire to be adored. You desire to be seen and heard and felt and respected and valued as a human being. But instead, you get resentful. You feel confused. You feel betrayed, isolated, alone, depressed, uh, abandoned, and all these different things. And so Again, we can put the blame outside of us and go, well, that's that shitty ass person that I'm with. They just need to get their lives together so that I can be a happy, healthy human being. But again, the level of personal responsibility you're willing to accept is directly correlated to the level of happiness and love that you're able to let in and um, manifest in your life. You have more power than you think you do. But the power leak is in the pattern that you've taken on that isn't you anymore. You're out of resonance with who you really are. In fact, you might wake up and go, man, I used to know who I was once upon a time, but I don't know who I am anymore. I'm on a mission to help you find yourself again. I'm on a mission to help you break those toxic generational cycles for good. Why is this so important to me? Well, I grew up, I think, a pretty powerful person. I, I was born, let me say, a pretty powerful person. I knew in the world I was attracted to um, my, I was attracted to power. I was attracted to magic. I was attracted to the ability to be able to manifest things. I was attracted to uh, being able to get myself out there and my voice heard. I was attracted to performing and putting on little shows for the neighborhood kids. But I was born into a dynamic that didn't value that and in fact shamed me for it and made me feel bad for wanting to be seen. And it went like this. Who the hell do you think you are? I mean, what's wrong with you? You know, there was lots of emotional and psychological abuse trying to make me feel small because apparently I liked myself a little too much or I thought I was a little too powerful and it was like, well, you don't have any power here. And it was tried to beat out of me, tried to verbally thrown out of me. And my whole entire life has been a trek back home to my own power. It has been a pilgrimage to my personal power. And I've arrived. I have managed to overcome a lifetime of verbal abuse and physical abuse and lots of trauma and things that have happened along the way that were manifesting in my relationships where I'd scratch my head and I go, I know I'm a good person. I know I have a lot of love to give in the world. I know I have a, I, I'm, I have a good heart. I know at my core, I deserve this, but I'd look around at the people that I was with and it wasn't reflected back. Or I was sabotaging my own relationships because I had a, a governor, I had a, um, a, a lever uh, that would be shut down on how much happiness I thought I was allowed to let into my life or how much love I thought I was able to receive into my life. And if you can agree with this, if this is resonating with you, even if it's a little confusing, if your hair is standing up, if you're feeling something in your belly or your heart, this is for you. You are not here by accident. Nothing, nothing is by accident. It is all divine design, divine appointment. You are meant to be here today. If you're listening to this, Listen all the way through. Don't, don't come to the water fountain when you're thirsty and drink a little bit 
go all, go to the well and go all the way down deep. That's where the answers are. The answers are down in the well, not at the water fountain. Okay, but lots of people don't want to go in the well. They don't want to go down deep. They're afraid it's dark down there. What am I going to find? What if it's dry when I get down there? What if there's no sustenance or water down there for me? I'll just take the water fountain, get a little bit full, and be on my way. Well, that's a temporary fix. You drink a little bit of water, a tiny bit, just to wet your mouth, you know, and you get on through the day. But that's that's abandoned on a flesh wound. And many people in our society, in our positive psychology, they don't want to go so deep, right? They, they just want to stay on the surface and want the magic cure because there is a lot of people in the world who don't see the truth because they're afraid to look. They're afraid to look. And what are they afraid to look at? Their part. The part they've been playing in the destruction of their own lives or the limitations of their own lives. But not you. You're here today because you are in agreement that something's got to change. Something in life is not working out and something's got to give. So today we are going to talk specifically about one pattern that I know you want to break. I know it drives you crazy. Crazy. I know that you long for love and closeness and connection and just being able to be intimate on all levels, emotionally naked, psychologically naked, spiritually vulnerable and naked. And you long to do that with another human being, but you are scared shitless. And then in order to cope with being so afraid of that attachment and what it could mean, you develop a withholder personality pattern. Now, many of us came to this different ways. I'm just going to do a brief overview because this video is titled Help, Advice for the Withholder. But I'm first going to help familiarize you with the problem because here's the rub. You can only really truly solve a problem to the level of your understanding of that problem. So if you don't do a deep dive into the problem, I don't want to look at the problem. I don't want to look at the problem. Just tell me what to do. Okay, fuck it. Just tell me what to do. I don't want to see all this shit. Well, we're afraid to see the shit and then we don't know how to, where the spots are. We don't know how to clean it up. You've got to be willing to look at how bad it is, where, the, where it's splattered so that you can clean it all up. You've got to understand the level of the problem. Don't tell me where the cancer is or how much cancer I have. Just fix it. Well, you've got to know where the cancer is and how much there is. All right, so let's do this high level understanding. Now, the withholder has these five core traits that we exhibit over and over and we come to it very different ways, many of us. I know for me, I grew up in an extremely abusive household and it was not a safe place for me to express my emotions. I wasn't allowed to have emotions, I wasn't allowed to feel and there was an emotional policeman that would tell me, you're too sensitive, I didn't really, there was lots of gaslighting that was going on, I didn't hurt you, that didn't hurt, I never did that. And so I learned that my feelings were completely irrelevant. They didn't matter at all. It didn't matter, my thoughts didn't matter, my opinions didn't matter. I learned how to be a student or uh, instead of a participant in life. I learned how to observe everybody else from afar, but not actually put myself into the game because I was scared that if I did, somebody was gonna hurt me. When I did speak up in my household, when I did say, hey, you're hurting me, that's not right, like be the whistleblower in the family, like what are you doing, this isn't okay, you're hurting me, I got double worse. Well, I'll show you, I'll really show you what's something to cry about or something that's really, so I learned how to take my emotions and bottle them up and put them inside. Now here's the, here's the deal. 
Withholders have emotions, lots of emotions. Withholders are highly sensitive people that were shamed and blamed and gaslit out of their own sensitivity. And so the way that you manage that to stay out of pain, to be able to be okay, to take on that personality pattern and say, how do I need to be here so that I can be all right? Well, you start doing things like um, withholding your feelings and not communicating them. So any feelings of vulnerability or sharing things is extremely difficult for you. So when somebody asks you how you feel, you either don't know or you withhold it and you go right into why well, I think I think I feel you don't live in your body because your body was in a safe place to be. So you live up here in your head instead. One of the main uh, components of this behavior is uh, of the withholder pattern is the behavior of distancing. You create distancing techniques. You want people close, but when they get a little too close, you panic because you associate closeness with pain. If I let you in, you're going to hurt me. Maybe you had a narcissistic parent that you would spoil your secrets to and then they'd use those secrets against you and hurt you. Whatever the scenario is, you understand like you're afraid of getting people too close to you. So you create distancing techniques. You might have a beautiful evening with somebody, a really good connection. You'll do this with friends, coworkers, intimate relationships. The next day you'll do something to fuck it up. You'll create a story in your mind of why you hate that person. Well, you don't really like them anyway, or they're kind of, you'll start to change, talk yourself out of connections with people because connections, deep connections are scary. You want them to stay on the surface. Another thing that we do is we settle for sex when we want intimacy. So you might be in relationships and have lots of sexual partners and just feel like, well, that's easier because sex is a parody of intimacy. But you, you'd rather have sex with somebody than actually let them get to know you on a deeper level so your body is easier to give than your mind or your soul. You settle for giving your body because the soul's too much, the spirit's too much. Not that you give your soul, but you bear your soul in your relationships. And the thought of that is like, holy shit, you know, I, I, because underneath rejection is the fear. Well, if I show you these things and you don't like them, I've risked too much. So it's better to just let you guess at who you think I am. I'll get to know you. I won't let you get to know me. And then I'll stay safe over here. Really though? Are you really staying safe? Really? Because loneliness, you know, you might be on an island, but you look around and that loneliness will kill you too, right? Feeling like nobody knows you and nobody really gets you. Poor communication, you won't communicate how you feel and what's really going on unless you blow up. You might be that type of person that you hold your feelings, hold your feelings, and then eventually you just unload and somebody goes, where the hell did that come from? Because you've been withholding. There's an element of a binge restrict cycle with this personality type, not just with food or alcohol, which is also very common with this personality pattern. But in addition to that, you also withhold emotion and then burst at inappropriate times. You might explode or, you know, you know, communicate ways that are harsh or, or direct versus just kind of letting, not letting things brew and stew so much and just speaking your truth in the moment, speaking your truth in love. We don't know how to do that. We have to prepare and think about how much somebody's going to receive something in order for us to even communicate it. So we withhold. Now, how did I come up with these patterns? Well, first of all, I really truly believe that if you, to know others is wisdom, but to know yourself is enlightenment. And once you know yourself, you know everybody else because we're all one and the same. And so I've done a lot of self, I've dedicated my whole entire life to self mastery, to discovering myself. What is my mind thinking? What is my body doing? What is, what's going on spiritually? So that I can learn how my childhood and my life experiences have shaped me in the form of this emotional shrapnel. You know, when you are a victim in somebody else's internal war, you're left with a mark. 
you're left with this shrapnel too. And that's some of that shrapnel that I'm talking about is in these patterns. Well, that sucks. You're left with a mark, you know, these people, but we don't stay in the victim role. Like, oh, you got me. Oh, my life is over. It's like, no, you got me. And motherfucker, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to pluck this out. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I, I, it's my job to take the shrapnel out. So this is the advice part. How do you start to heal? Because step number one is awareness. You cannot heal anything you're afraid to look at or that you don't see. So the first step for you is to fully become aware of how you do withholder. Withholder is not who you are, it's what you do. And what you do doesn't work anymore. So there are two pathways to change. One is through pain and one is through pleasure. And you have to figure out what you're motivated by. So you either delve so deep into the pain of what these patterns are costing you and you really go through a journal entry on each one. Okay, look, I'm gonna talk about all the times I settled for sex when I really wanted love. And I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna do a pain inventory of all of this, how much it's hurt me so that I have enough ammunition in order to just say no more my come to Jesus moment. Lots of come to Jesus moments come through a pain plunge. When you're willing to go into the depths of the reality of the situation you've created by the old thinking that's not working for you anymore, that pain will push you out of the dark. The pain will be the push that you need. So don't be afraid to look at these patterns and really examine how they are showing up in your life, each and every one. Okay, well, let me look at how I've created distance. You go through each person that you love in your life and you do a pain plunge into how you're creating distance. This awareness is the first step into freedom, into psychological and emotional and spiritual freedom. The first step is awareness. Now that's the pain push. That'll be enough sometimes for some of us. I know many times in my life, I've had these come to Jesus moments where I go, never again. I am not doing this fucking again. I'm done. Drinking was one of them where it was like, I just can't, you know, I just, I'm done. But it wasn't actually the pain that pushed me out of quitting drinking 12 years ago, okay? It was the pain hadn't been enough for me. I had had a lot of pain with my drinking patterns, my binge drinking and relationships, withholders, a lot of withholders are binge drinkers as well. The only time they give themselves permission to like let loose is when they're under the influence of something. So when I decided that I had to rectify this pattern, it wasn't the pain. I had many instances of pain with my drinking, waking up, not knowing where the fuck I was, okay? Um, being shameful, waking up and opening my eyes and feeling ashamed before I even remembered what happened. I felt guilt about things I didn't even remember. I felt shameful for things I wasn't even sure I did, okay? That's terrible. That's terrible. That's a terrible way to live, but that wasn't enough to make me stop. What did it for me was the pleasure. So the pain will push you, but the, but, the, but the pleasure will pull you. And pleasure can be found in more purpose. Why is it so important for me to get a handle on these behaviors? If I do change, what's on the other side? What's on the other side of pain? So many of us are so used to living in pain, we don't know what lies outside the door of pain. We're afraid to walk through the pleasure door because we don't trust it. We know how to deal in the dark. We don't know how to come to the light and really say, man, what would this be like? But I had just met my husband a year before 
and we were having and it was the first time I was with a man that I felt like really safe and really loved and there really wasn't much I could do to turn this one away or off you know I felt fully supported by him and I was mutually attracted which for many of my partners I had not been in my life the ones that liked me I didn't want that's another thing withholders do it's another way we sabotage is we don't want people who actually like us I mean it's deep right but with him I kept imagining a future with him. He was also a motivational speaker. He was working for Tony Robbins at the time. We were traveling around the country with Tony Robbins and doing these big events and things like that. And I thought, man, I want to change the world with this guy. You know, if I really got out of my own way and stopped blocking the channels to my power, which is alcohol as a channel blocker, okay, withholding as a channel blocker, we're a conduit, a vessel for greatness, for divinity, for power. And I, I thought to myself, man, if I let go of these things that are sucking my power once and for all, and I really let go of all the ways I self-sabotage, what's possible for me on the other side? And that possibility thinking, that holding myself in the light and doing all this envisioning of the future and changing the world and giving talks and helping tons of people was enough to pull me past that alcohol-fueled phase of my life. The purpose pulled me out. The pain gave me a little push, but the purpose pulled me the whole way. The purpose for me is what has pulled me. The pain has been so much that I don't want to look, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I've had enough pain in my life. You know, I'm going to be 50 soon. By the time you're watching this, I don't know, I might already be into my 60s. Who knows? But I'm going to be 50s very soon. And I have to tell you that, you know, the first part, not even people say, oh, you're midlife. Honey, I don't think I'm going to live to 100. I don't know. I'd be blessed if I could, but I'm at the end phase. I'm, I'm not in the mid phase, if we're real. You know, Wayne Dyer says you have a morning, an afternoon, and an evening of your life. And I'm, I'm in the evening of my life. Okay. How do I want to live it? Do I want to continue to struggle? Do I want to continue to want to have a, affection and love and intimacy, but, I, but I'm scared shitless? So I let that fear hold me back from actually expressing myself. You know, when, when we're tempted to withhold our emotion because we're afraid, first of all, We've got to be noticed if you're with a safe person to do that or not. A lot of this time, you want to do this work in your relationship. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm with Rick. All right, great, Heidi. I'm going to work on this. So I'm not going to be a withholder anymore. Rick's my husband. He's, a, he's an alcoholic. Okay, maybe. I don't know. He's functioning. He's in and out. But I really love Rick, and I'm going to try to work through my shit with Rick. So I'm going to stop withholding. I'm going to tell him how I feel. I'm going to share with him all my feelings. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to get raw. I'm going to just rip myself open and be with Rick. Well, honey, wrong ripping. Because I'm going to guarantee you, if you rip with Rick, you're up shit crick. Okay? Because Rick isn't the container for you to be able to do this ripping because Rick doesn't love himself enough to treat himself well. He's not gonna be able to love you enough to hold the space for you loving yourself more. You need a container that can hold you. And sometimes that's not in our partnerships. We need to make change in these other containers. I'm a container. My programs are a container. They're a safe place for you to be able to come to do this exploration and excavation process of digging your true authentic self up and unleashing her or him into the world. But you can't start with the partner you're with. Why not? Because the partner you with, you're with, you chose as a withholder and you chose Rick to prove you right. You chose a guy like Rick so you could say, yeah, you can't really trust people. It's not safe to be vulnerable. You won't choose another person unlike Rick 
until you rectify these patterns within yourself. Otherwise, it's Rick after Rick after Rick after Rick. Rick after Rick. Rickety Rick Rick. Okay? So what I want you to understand is I'm not asking you to get vulnerable in the relationship you're in. The relationship you're in is a reflection of where you've been. The relationship you're in is a reflection of the pattern already at work. Well, Heidi, can't he undo his pattern and I undo my pattern and we undo our patterns together? Yes, absolutely. But who's here? You, not Rick. You're here. So we have to start with you because we don't, we can't guarantee that somebody else is going to want to be able to hold the container and work on their container at the same time. And by the way, I've spent decades working on my container so I can hold your space, working through my shit, my problems, my identity crisis, my identity crisis, meaning am I a withholder or a controller? Like who am I without all these patterns that I've been running? I've cleared the channel so that I can be a container for you to come and excavate your authentic self. Now, if you're interested in that, and you want to continue this this work, you can choose to do it on your own, Lone Wolf. And I know you've done many things on your own, and so have I. Uh, and you can do what I'm doing. You could look if you just do what I told you to do in this video. You're going to be good. You know, you're going to know how to undo this pattern and pay, pay attention to it and and undo the patterning. Or you could you could literally get on the lightning speed track. Okay, and you could come into my program, which is uh, a reclamation of your true authentic self. It's undoing this patterning one conversation at a time, one group at a time, one experience that we do inside the group at a time. And then you're able to kind of have a, a, a Sherpa guide you over the mountain. You know, take my walking stick and kind of show you the way through. Right. Hey, over here, guys, this is uh, trust me, you know, when you're climbing the mountain, it's really hard to have hope and to see. But I'm already at the top and I'm able to help you kind of see the view from there and keep you going and inspired to go through this journey as well, which is important, which is equally as important to stay motivated on the path because it's not easy. It's not easy to undo decades of programming. It's not easy to undo generations of trauma. It's not easy to recognize patterns in yourself that are unattractive and that you want to get rid of, but it's a blessing and an honor to be able to do that work because if you're here, why are you here? You know, what is the point? Why should you even think about taking a look at this patterning and undoing it? Well, everybody has a different level of motivation, but for me, it was for my daughter. It was, I, I just didn't want her to have to go through decades of therapy trying to figure her shit out from the stuff that I created and caused as a result of my own unhealed stuff. I really didn't want that. I wanted to be able to raise a daughter that knew her fire and I fanned it. I wanted to be able to raise a child that knew her value in the world and, and I'm, right, I'm cheering her on. You know, not trying to dim her light, squash her down because my own inner competitive, weird judgment, what would the neighbors say, fucking insecurity got all over her okay I wanted to be able to have a relationship where I was a world changer with another human being in order for me to change the world I had to change the world within first okay so I don't know what your motivation is maybe you just want to go to bed at night next to somebody and touch toes and feel whole and feel complete you know maybe you just want to wake up in the morning without anxiety of what the fuck's going to happen today inside of your relationship maybe you just want to get through the day without the shit in the fan Maybe you just want to feel deeply known and seen and valued and appreciated and adored for exactly who you are. Or maybe you just want to know who the hell that is. Yourself. Any of those things, I'm going to hold the container for you. If you're interested in the container, you can go over to HeidiRain.com and schedule a complimentary consultation and learn more. We run our program for this, the container, four times a year. 
four times a year and we follow the seasons. We do a winter session, summer session, fall, spring session. And whatever season you're in of your life, um, you're able to come in to that four times a year. And many people go through more than once. All right. I love you so much. Take excellent care of yourself. Here's to unraveling the patterning and finding your authentic self and being brave enough to start to be who you really are. Now, just again, just to sum it up, if you take the patterns, okay, that are the behaviors that you exhibit and you start to consciously be made aware of how much pain they're causing in your life and consciously be made aware of how much pleasure will be associated with when you break those patterns. And then you are aware of when you're enacting the patterns when you are, you can consciously stop yourself because you have made the unconscious conscious. And once the unconscious is conscious, you're not a victim, you're a volunteer. And you are in control and power of when you choose to enact your pattern and you know you're enacting it, but you're gonna enact it anyway, or when you're gonna stop that pattern, interrupt that pattern and be your true self instead. I love you. Take excellent care. I'll see you really soon. Bye-bye.